Watch who? Hello. Welcome to the Two Watch Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I am new to Who. Yep. Watching for the very first time. That is just the catchphrase now. (laughs) That proper tickled you then. So we're still recording in lockdown. Yeah, we haven't broken any rules. We haven't met up. As I say, by the time you hear this, we might be out of lockdown. (laughs) I think you might be right. I'm going to let you have that one this time. Sarah's lockdown prediction, by the time this comes out, I think we might be out. Or at least we might be able to meet up to record the next one. Yes, because we are recording quite far in advance. So hopefully... But in the meantime, we are recording and watching over the internet. So any, so bear with us with any technical issues. We're trying a different <laughs> mic as well today, aren't we? Yeah, I think I think in terms of like the setup, it is slightly different every single time we set up. So uh, do not adjust your earphones. So last time we did the web planet. I I'm just going to say. Well, not apologise, but it might have been a bit of a negative one. Probably our most negative. We're not usually so negative. And we had help from David as well. And I feel like it was still a negative episode. So we're going to try and make up for that, hopefully. (laughs) We left Vortis, the planet of the Zabi and the Monoptera and all of that, doing their standing ovation at the end, all gathered in a group on the planet. Um, And the next episode was called The Lion. Uh, So that takes us into today's story, The Crusade. Now, it's historical again. And, well, two things that worried me. One, it was historical. And two, there's two episodes missing. Historically, I'm not a fan of historical. And I'm not a fan of missing episodes. You were already having your doubts. (laughs) And telesnaps were involved. Whenever there's telesnaps involved, you know there's going to be some problems. Oh, Mark. Okay, let's just say how we how we watched um, the stories because there, as I say, there are two missing. So, episodes one and three still exist. Uh, so two and four. This time, well, we there were a few options, but I didn't really go through them with you. <laughs> it was it was sort of what was possible via the internet. Um, so we did full. We watched the full reconstructions of two and four. The loose cannon. Uh, reconstructions, which is the sort of unofficial versions which are out there on the internet, which is the soundtrack and the telesnaps, uh, because there's no official BBC reconstruction. The only thing that they did... So actually, I'll go into... I'm going to just go into my um, VHS chat a minute, which I haven't done for a while. Oh, I um, love it so much. Episode one was f- only found in 1999. It only came back. Really? This first episode, The Lion. So I remember that. That was the first one. Well, I don't know how old I was, but I remember the news of that coming back. Uh, and it came back from a film collector in New Zealand. So they sort of rush released the two episodes on on video and they did a little box set. And it was <laughs> so they had the they had the two on this um on this video and it came with postcards and a key ring. And they did that thing, so they didn't do the the soundtrack and the and the pictures. They just got William Russell to record the linking bit. So, but he's in character. I'll have to show it to you actually, because um, he's like 
he's sitting there in his in his study and there's like a suit of armor and he's like oh i remember when i was sir ian and then he says and you know what happens in the story it amuses me to have this in the house i was never really one for souvenirs and acquired it long long after the event but every time i notice it i'm reminded that if i wanted half the world to think i was mad i could call myself sir ian chesterton knighted by richard the lionheart himself over 700 years ago. I thought that would have been an option for us to watch, but I, but if someone just sitting there saying in a couple of sentences what happens, I don't think it really gets the story across enough. And actually, I did, and saying about this on the video, I never got this box set because it was a historical. I just, I wasn't ever bothered. I really wasn't bothered about it. And well, 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 when we talk about the, the story as well, this is really the first time that I've appreciated the story for this because, yeah, I've never really been bothered. But after this, actually, I really want these two missing episodes to come back now because yeah. I really appreciate it a lot more. And it's one that fans, I think the bigger ones, you know, like Marco Polo, uh, people want back. But no one, I never really hear anyone saying, oh, I want the two episodes from the Crusade back. Um it's not really one that's that's talked about that much, and they haven't animated it as well. So there's not, you know, there's really nothing at the moment. So we did, so we watched the two that on Britbox and DVD that exist, and then we did these loose cannon uh, reconstructions. So I think let's talk about sort of episode by episode because then we'll talk about the formats as well as we go along. Let's do it in in order. So the lion, what are your initial thoughts? So, well, when we talked about it last time, you asked me what did I think it was. And I did say to you, I don't think it was sci-fi or anything, I did wonder whether it was historical. Maybe it's because I didn't want it to be of a story. Maybe that's what it was more. I just didn't want to believe that it was of a... But anyway, it doesn't matter. It was. What about the um, sort of actual subject, history subject? Because we've said before, haven't we, they, they do tend to pick the sort of random history things that we don't really know much about. And I don't know if it was part of this, my enjoyment of it, but I Wikipedia'd Richard the Lionheart and had a little read about what it was because I had no idea. I, I didn't know any of this. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I watched the first episode because also it goes right in. There is no build-up. Whereas a lot of the other ones, they sort of like look around for a bit and then something happens. This, it was just like, pull straight in. So we watched the first one and then we got to the end of it and you went, do you know what's going on? And I went, mm, I think so. And I said a little bit of it and then you gave me more of a history, like more of the background history. But actually, I don't know whether I would have needed that. I think it helped. I don't think it, it was like as impactful to the story as some of the other ones have needed to be. When I think of like the Reign of Terror and stuff like that, you know, there was almost enough of a story going through. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No one really explained. You didn't get the history lesson because, well, Barbara gets captured straight away. She hasn't got time to explain to anybody. And the doctor's like, oh, yes, Richard the Lionheart. Yes, here's his belt. I know all about this. Wait a minute. Of course, yes. I remember. This belongs to his royal master, King Richard. He'll certainly be glad to get this back again. We should be able to get into his favour. They're in 12th century Palestine. There is nowhere in the story that they say, oh, we've landed in 12th century Palestine, is there? No, there's nothing. But that's kind of what I mean. Like, 
I don't know whether, to some extent, I don't think I needed that context the same. I kind of, I don't know, to some extent, I could kind of make my own sort of theory as to what was going on. It really helped me to know who was fighting who and the bit where that guy pretends to be the king and gets captured on his behalf and everything. And they do explain it and he does, you know, does his sort of Shakespearean aside to Barbara. I'm not really him, I'm doing this. So it does explain it, but because I'd already sort of read through a little bit about what they're fighting over, who was supposed to be who, historically, it, it really did help me. Yeah. And that's why I've... Because I think I've watched these ones before, the existing ones, but it's just sort of gone over my head. I've sort of just watched the spectacle and I haven't really been listening to actually what is going on and what they're arguing about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I suppose kids at the time might have known a bit more about him. Uh, and what was happening but um yeah it's just an unusual subject to to pick I think and it's and it's back to the style of it of Marco Polo in a way not the the sort of comedy Romans way it's they've gone you know proper historical again serious historical definitely four was enough four felt a nice number yeah that helped as well it was only four episodes (laughs) it always helps when it's four episodes (laughs) Okay, let's just carry on talking about the story. When we did the reconstructions, now you had you didn't really enjoy Marco Polo because of the telesnaps. Yeah. Uh, so we did the full t- these two missing ones for the full reconstructions. We watched the whole thing. How did you find that? Pause there one sec. Really big development here. Oh yeah. I've learned how to find the episodes on BritBox. Yes. So we did. Yes. Yeah, so the two existing ones are on there, and so we set up to go and watch it. I was like, right, find the lion. And, and then you couldn't find it. And I was like, it's on there. I was like, it's on there. I've read that it's on there. Where is it? <laughs> and I was like, no, what are we going to do? And then finally, you fa- it's, I mean, I've not been on BritBox myself, but it sounds very complicated to find anything. Yeah, I literally, I turned my screen around to Mark. I was like, look, look at what I'm looking at. Look, and I, we, searched, we searched the lion. We searched crusade. Nothing appears. The crusade, you typed in crusade and it didn't come up. That is mental. Like, what search doesn't appear with, like, mental? And then when we did find it, and because then I said, I went, oh, Mark, they're all here. And then so we found season two and it still wasn't there. And then it was in extra episodes. And I was like, it says the crusade. What the hell? We searched for that. How did you find these online reconstructions? Um, so there were going to be telesnaps, weren't they? Yeah. So you told me that. Well, we talked about it actually very briefly. I hated the Marco Polo episode. Like, soz to all you guys that have it out there as your like, top one to have come back. But I really hated it. I found it so boring and she didn't enjoy it. Like, I've no, I have no interest to see that if it comes back. Like, if, I said to Mark, I was like, if Mark, if that came back and Mark was like, oh my God, Marco Polo's back, I'd be like, all right, great. That, it did not make me want to see it. Whereas this, if Mark was like, those two missing episodes were back, I'd be like, hmm, yeah, I'd be interested to see that. Like, to some extent. As much interest as I'm going to have, let's put it that way. The story was quite strong for this. Like, we, we both, we, we didn't, draw. there were points in this where, I genuinely felt tense. I genuinely, at telesnaps, there was, um, I think it was the second episode 
and it's so that's and it's there was Barbara and she's she's trying to escape, isn't she? And hopefully not get caught to be in the harem. I genuinely was feeling the tension. I know, yeah, which is crazy. Um, I didn't get any of that in Marco Polo. Also, another thing that shows sound. There was a lot of noise, like as in music. So there's a lot of music and background music to this episode, which just going back to our previous one that we absolutely slated, um, Web of Destruction or whatever it was called. Web, what was it called? Web Planet. Web Planet. <laughs> that is how much I've like taken it out of my head. I can't remember what it was called. Web Planet and how silent, how lack of noise it was and everything. No music. This one, there was music. There was like, you got that tension when, you know, you had those moments. Yeah, even though there were telesnaps, I wasn't as as frustrated. It it did move. Yeah, it seemed just a bit more dynamic and you got the stage directions going across. So they've done a really good job, these the loose cannon ones. And I think a lot of fans do go there, that's that's the sort of their like number one place to go. Um that they've been going for years and years and they update them if there's, you know, new photos available and things like that. So so until the BBC animate them, or they get found, um, I think that is the best way to go, and it, it really did help. Yeah. Maybe that was it as well, I'm actually thinking about Maybe you're right. Maybe it's because we'd had the live action before to help set it, that when we did have a telesnap, I, we already had that context. Yeah, I think, it's gonna, I think it would be different if it was all four missing, and we are going to have some of those where... You you know yeah because you know the setting you know the act you've seen the actors and it's you can sort yeah it does it does help yeah so also can I just say this all I was thinking about this the other day I've said before when we did Marco Polo about missing episodes and like there's probably a few out there in film collectors hands and things like that and it, oh I just got really angry the other day. <laughs> It would just make me, and, and watching this and seeing just the two missing, it just really frustrates me that, I mean, I'm not saying that these are the two that are, are out there, probably not, but any missing episodes, if somebody has them and knows what they have and are purposely not giving them back, ah, oh, it just really, really gets on my nerves. And I, and I think I would say, there are at least two out there that that are in private, you know, film collectors. They've probably got, I know they've probably got thousands and thousands of films and it doesn't mean anything to them. But if they know that just giving that back and how much it would mean to everybody, you know, all the fans across the world and how much it would be appreciated. Didn't you say that you were on that talk thing and a guy said that there is someone out there who has, he knows has them, and will not conform because of this exact thing you're talking about. Well, yeah, I know, but then you're in a then. Well, how do you get out of that situation? Because I'm, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I know, I know. That's probably why. And they need sort of coaxing, and but surely, I if it like, surely they would just say, look, I've got this episode because no one actually knows which ones they are. So surely they can say, I've got part two of the crusade it's going to cost five hundred thousand pounds here you go i'd rather them say that than all this sort of secrecy and all this person's got it but they won't own up to it and you know oh it just really annoys me it really annoys me (laughs) 
<laughs> right, really annoys me. Just if you've got it, just say, I've got this episode, I will sell it, or hi BBC, come and make a copy, and done, that's it. But they but if it's for the sake of I've got this and no one else can have it because I want it because I want to be the only person to have it, that's where the anger comes from. This is the second time I've ever seen you angry, like really angry. Anyway, sorry, I'll probably cut this bits of this out, but <laughs> I'm gonna. Like... Oh no, keep it! I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> let's get let's go back to the story. More angry, Mark is what I say. More angry, Mark. But I do agree that um, it's sad about the missing episode. But I think it's one of the many things that keeps the fandom alive. It, okay, I'm thinking of an example now, but um, Big Bang Theory, okay? Everything already exists out there. You can already, like, talk to people from it, Sherlock or something like that. These things exist, you know? Uh, I think Sherlock's probably a better example, actually, because that doesn't, that's stopped now. So, you know, it's finished, it's in the past. But whereas Doctor Who, these things happened in the past and yet there's still the potential for new things to be discovered. That's quite an exciting thing. Like surely for something that's, as a fan, surely that's such an exciting thing to be a part of. I can't think of many other TV things that have that, I like at all. There's not like, there's not like a Star Wars or a, t- a a Star Trek or anything like that of the same fandom or thing that has that that Doctor Who has. I think that's such an interesting thing, like for fans to. And that's not that's not me like diminishing everything else that Doctor Who has, you know. Um, but I do think in terms of, I think it helps keep it alive. This thing of something um, that could still exist. Because it gives you something else to look forward to, to talk about, to have these, to talk about Marco Polo. I know when it come out and be as shit and disappointing as it will be, be. Final pieces aren't all there. There's still so much. You might have all the, you might have all the audio and stuff, but actually, it's not the same. We've just said that ourselves. Like us watching this, it's not the same as actually watching it. Marco Polo was not the same. I'm sure these ones coming up will not be the same. Um, the fact that there's still nuggets out there still to that kind of keep, that keeps it exciting. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's always the possibility of a new discovery or something. Yeah, definitely, and that is really exciting. But if somebody knows for sure these two or whatever are there. That's the first. It's knowing that it exists and it's ready there to be watched and discovered, and you can't get to it. It's like Banksy. <laughs> you don't know where it is. You don't know where it's going to appear. It's like the missing episodes are like Banksy. And actually, in the same way that, like, that's kind of what makes Banksy such a big thing as well, because no one knows who Banksy is. Kind of the same with the Doctor Who stuff. I think it keeps it. I think it's what helps keeps it alive. Mark. Well, hopefully they'll, you know, they'll get animated. I'm happy with the animations are great and they're still being done and stuff. So hopefully we'll get some animated ones of the crusade maybe. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, but just like, 
just like this film collector in New Zealand in, you know, he had the the lion, he had the first episode and then someone got in touch. Oh, did you know? I'm not sure if he knew or not. And then, yeah, he lent his copy and it got, you know, copied and brought out on video for everyone to enjoy. And he, he'd had that probably for years and years and years. Um, and that's, that's all it is. I mean, I don't know. We should get onto the story because we've talked about no, this. This is all part of the story. This is all part of the story. <laughs> okay, let's go through. Let's do our go through one by one because that's always the <laughs> that's always how we do it. Let's start with the doctor. Okay. Yeah. Now I thought he didn't do very much at all in this. He was very much sidelined with this. I think. Um, he started off. Well, all he did, he did. You see him get that, um, do a bit of a fight at the beginning. Yeah, he's all about a fight right now. Season two is his like fighting season, isn't it? Yeah. So it started off all right like that, and then he, well, then he steals those clothes from the market, and it's a little bit comedy and a bit odd. I think it reminded me of when he was getting the clothes in the Reign of Terror. I think I said that to you, like, oh, here we go again, something like that. Yeah. Once he's in the um, the palace or wherever he is. He talks to the king a lot and he does he looks after Vicky, but it's very he's very much sidelined in here. He is not the main person in this. Um what's he do? I mean he gets in his clothes and <laughs> his great outfit, but um that's about it really. He didn't contribute at all. It's a bit of a weird one for all of them, I think. I don't know who contributes that much anyway, apart from Barbara. He's the sort of go between between well, go between. <laughs> Hang on. He's the go between between uh, the king and his sister a little bit. There's a little bit of that, but it doesn't go anywhere. And then suddenly he's got to leave the palace. Quick, we've got to get out before they suspect us after being friends with them all this that time, wasn't it? And then off he goes. Like, I don't know what else to say about the doctor, really. No, it's, it is a funny one. I think, uh, no, I agree. I think it's, um, he's important to the story in that, if he wasn't there, like he, he's important in terms of like, um, like for Ian leading it so that Ian can become Sir Ian. He leads in terms of those sorts, of, the politics sort of side of it. I expected him to be doing more from, like you said, that first episode when he gets all the clothes and stuff. I thought it was going to be a bit more like that. Because he's talking to the king a lot. And I said to you as well, in, when we get to the last episode, there's all the stuff between the king and uh, Joanna, the the sister, and then he's going to try and marry her off. And and there's a massive argument and lots of drama. Yeah. And actually, I did look up that actually is historical. That's what is fact as well. He's, he tra- did try and marry his sister off to get peace between and everything. So I think that just doesn't go anywhere. And then you don't even, like, you don't really see the king at, at the end. He just... He goes off after all of that, and it's it's a great scene between the king and the sister. You know when they're arguing, they proper shouting at each other. They're really going for it. Joanna, I beg you to accept. No. I entreat you, Joanna. No. Very well. I am the king. We command you. You cannot command this of me. They're really going for it, and actually, the guy who plays uh, the king, Julian Glover, so he's. Well, he's been in... I don't watch Game of Thrones, but he's in Game of Thrones. Well, is that who's playing the king? <laughs> yeah, he's in Game of Thrones now. And he was actually at Cardiff Comic Con. Oh, he was sitting there, there was no one seeing him. And he was there with his game of... You know, doing his Game of Thrones signing with... 
And um, I knew he'd been in this, but because I hadn't really watched it that closely, I wasn't bothered. I, I didn't see him. And I really wish after now seeing this that I'd have gone to see him now because I could have been like, oh, I love the crusade. It's really good. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I could have had a good old chat. I could have had a chat to him. But now I have to hopefully he'll be at another one. So um, he's still, yeah, anyway, he's still he's still doing stuff. And also, can I just put in, I um, when I was putting my notes together for this, I made a really amazing discovery, well, for me anyway. Probably not for me. Go on. So the king's tunic that he wears in episode one, right? Right. <laughs> that is the same tunic that Marco Polo wears, and they've just re-stitched it. No. Yeah, because there's this Doctor Who book that I got. Actually, I got it in Smith's. So it was only three pounds <laughs> from thirty pounds, right? And it's like, the, and it's called the. I really recommend it. Actually, Doctor Who: The Vault, and it goes through year by year, everything right from the beginning, right through for like fifty years, and it's got photos in it. This is my favourite part of the book. Is there's still like props and costume that exists. So that tunic still exists somewhere, and there's a photo of it, and it's like. You know, it's sort of falling apart a bit. And it says, you know, that Richard Lionheart's tunic and notice that it's been, it used to belong to Marco Polo. It's in the same picture. And when you look at the pictures of them, it's the same thing. They've repurposed. And do you know what else they've got? They've got the, one of the Aztec outfits as well. Though. What's his name? The fight, his outfit. They've got that. And there's a photo of that. Like, it's amazing. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, but, but then the king doesn't really do very much after that. You don't see him after all of that build-up of the king. No. And I can't even remember how the sister went out of it in the end. She was like, no, I'm not going to get married, and then she didn't even turn up in episode four. No, she didn't. You're right. No, it was weird. But maybe because, actually, there was a lot of characters in this, a lot of cast. Yeah. And then maybe that just wasn't enough for the what Usually, I mean, we've gone from the web planet where they're the only four actual humans to like so many people and they don't really maybe they just like the doctor didn't get a chance to do very much because i think this is one where because the story itself almost told itself there wasn't that much place for them to fit in i mean it was nice there were some nice scenes actually between the doctor and vicky like they're a nice little duo aren't they yeah should we talk about vicky so she starts well actually i said to you what is she wearing that black thing and that skirt. <laughs> you were having none of it. I didn't mind it. You were like, no. Um, she becomes she becomes a bit of a nurse to what's his name? One of the guys that gets like <laughs> injured straight away in that fight when they land. Um, and then yeah, you just get through the whole boy girl thing with her. Yeah, they think she's a boy. Well, the doctor says she is basically straight away. She's a boy, and then and they put like a Robin Hood hat on her later on the sister over here is that she's actually a girl so then they let her be a girl but that's the thing as well it's just like it's oh you're a girl okay and then but no one says anything and as soon as she's in a dress and everyone's like what like okay now she's a girl it's just weird thing um vicky does nothing in this story that scene with the cloves is probably the most that these characters like generally do uh, i don't understand it's perfectly simple i'm a girl a girl dressed as a boy yeah it's a shame because i thought vicky was going to come in and be i mean she she was sort of captured all on the web planet for a long time and didn't really do that much and then she hasn't really done much in this i'm really surprised because i from what i remember of vicky 
maybe a bit later on, she was so much better than Susan and really, you know, she's enjoying it though. Vicky is like, yeah, I'll dress up, I'll pretend to be a boy. And she's having fun with it. You do get a sense of the fun with her at least. She has that one moment where she's like, oh, I thought you were talking about leaving me or something. That's probably it. And it's fine. I, it didn't annoy me like Susan would. But um, no, it's, no, that's the one thing. Vicky, the last two, maybe even three, hasn't, she's been very cast aside. And I don't know whether, like you might be able to say this or not, um, whether when they were writing these stories, obviously because she was a new character and they had new writers where they just didn't know how to write her in or what to write for her maybe that was part of it as well like the last one what was it web planet yeah he was a new writer yeah so maybe he knew a little bit more or maybe he didn't know how to write for vicky because she was new and he didn't know like the characters as well which is why she just didn't do as much whereas like you've got the doctor you've got ian and barbara you know what they are you know what they're about yeah i mean i suppose they could have done a whole ex- if it was a six-parter maybe there was a whole nother there would have been a whole nother strand of vicky and the doctor getting up to something and that would have filled out the two other episodes but because it was probably four they couldn't start anything apart from this sort of chat with the king it was the king got upset didn't he because he thought that the doctor had said one of his you know that was about it really sad for vicky actually so hopefully i want to see her do more and i think she does end up doing more eventually i just don't think the new writers know what that character's about so they just don't know how to write for her yet i think go on although this the writer of this one is the same writer as edge of destruction oh there we go it says it doesn't it? <laughs> your face just then <laughs> When I said Edge of Destruction, you were like, <laughs> shock. All the Doctor and Vicky really did was talk about clothes. Yeah. Oh, she's going to wear this. Oh, you're wearing this. You're going to wear this. Let's do it. Was, it's clothes talk. Yeah. So much clothes talk in this. That is literally what they talked about. They talked about getting some clothes. They got some clothes. Vicky then looked like a boy. Vicky talked about wanting to dress like a girl. They then got Vicky some clothes to look like a girl after being a girl. Like, that is like, you're right. That's all they talked about was clothes. Yeah. Okay. Um, who's next then? Um, let's do Sir Ian. Sir Ian. Now, what a moment. What a moment. It was a great moment. Sir Ian. Arise, Sir Ian. And so that was a great moment because um, Ian was like, What's going on? The doctor was like, just kneel. Like, it's like the doctor knew what was going on. Like, do as you're told and kneel. In the name of God, St. Michael and St. George, we dub you Sir Ian, Knight of Jaffa. Does this mean, though, from now on, that our award for the Doscus has to be the Sir Ian Chesterton Award? <laughs> we might have to change it, yes, Sir Ian Chesterton. <laughs> like the like the Duke of Edinburgh, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that yeah. you know, it is the Sir Ian Chesterton Award. That's it yeah. from now on. Which he'll probably win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know when they land, like they land right, and there's what Ian 
sees this guy and just goes for him. That guy doesn't even have a... I know, I know he had a sword or something, but they, <laughs> he, he didn't even give him a chance to speak. They weren't really threatened straight away. Ian just goes, right, blam, sword fight, and off they go. No one gets a chance in this. Like, there are so many fights in this thing. But when Ian's around, you don't stand a chance. Like, Ian's always got an eye on it. Well, I suppose the only thing is his whole quest is to rescue Barbara. I suppose that's the down point. He's not, like, that is his main thing. He's going through all of that because of Barbara, which we'll, we'll get to Barbara. But Ian, Sir Ian, William Russell was on holiday in episode three, and he managed to film some stuff before he went, so we didn't miss him too much. He got honey, which, again, this was... I started, We unmuted for this, didn't we? The, um, the guy, like pours honey on his hands, his arms and his chest or something. And I was like, right now, I would like this not to be a missing episode just to watch some guy pour honey over Ian's chest. The tragedy of the missing episodes. That we don't get to see honey being poured over Ian's chest. It was something like that. It was rubbed over his hands and chest, whatever. It was honey over his body. It was weird though, because, the, the you know, he gets this honey and then these ants are supposed to go along. I, I want to see it because I want to see how they filmed these ants, or if you actually see any, because there's these little black dots in the sand. Do you think it is? Do you think it might be London Zoo footage again or something Probably. of these like <laughs> ants going on him? And then there's a there's a vulture or something. If it's London Zoo footage, they could have added that in. I'm just saying. Well, we'll never know. Or there's somebody in their private collection watching that over and over again. <laughs> Maybe that's the one. Maybe that is the one. <laughs> That's the one that's in someone's private collection. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. They're like, no one else can see Ian and the honey. It's just for me in my basement. <laughs> Mate, what's what's the name of the actor called? Who's Ian? William Russell. William, I reckon William Russell's the one that has it. <laughs> just because he doesn't want anyone seeing him covered in honey. But the ending of the story, again, so Ian, you've got this threat, he's off, he's trying to negotiate to get Barbara back, he's on the trail of Barbara, has the honey incident on the way, makes a new friend, off they go <laughs> to rescue. And well, I suppose he goes in, rescue, uh, but he he's not the one that rescues Barbara. I think Barbara's sort of already rescued by the time he gets there, and he's just, off they go back, and then that's it, isn't it? It's uh, After all that, even Ian doing all those heroic things, like you say, the story, it just happens without them anyway. I'm just sad that we don't get to see Ian covered in honey. <laughs> Being whatever it was by ants, eaten by ants, like tickled by ants. I don't know, something with ants, wasn't it? Clothes watch, again, um, he hasn't had his, his suit for a while, has he? Because he had his sort of anorak on the web planet and he has that at the beginning of this one. Yeah. His anorak and his jumper, and then he gets in his suit of armor, and then I, then he gets into. Well, he's not really wearing. He's all got the. He's he's probably still walking around with dry honey all over him by the time he gets back into the TARDIS. So, um, you're all right. You're a bit sticky. He's like long day. So hopefully he doesn't decide to keep his that into the next story. But we'll see. I think they listen to you, Mark, and your whole costume observation. They're like, we need to get him out of the suit. Well, they all had new cost. They all had proper costumes this time. Yeah. Um. So, okay, let's talk about Barbara because I suppose out of all of them, she does have the most to do in this. She does, yeah. The quickest capture ever. I mean, three minutes in, not even that. She is off. She, she, does she even say a word before she's off? 
Like <laughs> at this step out, she's looking and it's like hand over mouth, gone. <laughs> straight away, straight away. Not even a, I wonder where we are. And what do you think of her new hair? I didn't like it. But she does get her history stuff in, doesn't she? Because she knows when she's first captured and she talks to the guy, uh, it's William Pro. She makes friends with him and she knows that he's not the king. And she, well, she does it again, doesn't she? How many times does she pretend to be royal now? <laughs> she pretends to be the king's sister. They say something as well, don't they? Like, oh, but oh, what did they say? Because I, I laughed at it with you. Like, what about her beauty? Yeah, something like that. I'm like, oh, they always say that. They always say that. They all think she's like of some sort of beauty. Because like, again, she has... I don't know how many how many of the men are after her in this. There's quite a few. Barbara literally has suitors all over the world and centuries. Like, it's insane. Never was a woman wanted so much as Barbara. And they say something else, don't they? Like, I'm some um, very historical name. I'm Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's like William Deprive or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I'm Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> the fun bit, I thought, she's sort of... You think she's going to end up doing a thousand and one nights, isn't she? Because she, that was nice. I like that. That was a good. Yeah, I thought I thought she was going to do that. I thought she's going to because she starts talking. Oh, I'll do Romeo and Juliet and all those. I thought, oh, that's what's going to happen, but it was short lived. Yeah, that was a nice little moment for her. But then her main bit is when she's escaping. So it's we need to get into the sort of the baddies as well in this because there's Saladin who is the main high-up guy that is is fighting the king. And now it's not really him that is the... I mean, he has his sort of villain, villainous moments, but it's he's not the one. It's El Akia that is the one that sort of takes Barbara and uh, she's on the run from him. End of episode two, where she's escaping and they're trying to find her in this little village bit. And she goes into that house, doesn't she? And there's that guy and he's like, here, have my knife, look after my daughter. The the tension in that and the sort of, I don't know, it felt very, it's, oh, it's difficult to explain really because it felt very sort of real life. Do you know what I mean? It really does feel like that is something that is relevant today even, that kind oh, of yeah, yeah. moment. And it really did feel like I felt the tension in that. And it's very, again, she has the, she's been given a more adult moment because she's with the daughter and they're hiding and the guards are going to find her. And he's like, kill my daughter if they get us. And she's got the knife and you see her looking at the knife. If danger threatens, Sophia will hide you. But if the soldiers persist in their search and you think that they will find you, take this and use it. Like, yeah, definitely. Like, and that, that girl, she, she was great actually. Um, I think the character was Sophia when she's, and Barbara leaves her and you see her there with the knife crying and then you don't see her again at all. And you do hear at the end, you hear in episode four that she's all right. But I assumed actually that something bad had happened to her, like she'd been killed or something. And it's, if, you, if you're looking back at like a kid's, you know, kid's show, that those moments are quite... Like I was genuinely very nervous watching that, like genuinely like silent. Like, uh... Because it's not done in it. No one's sending up. No one's being the sort of panto villain in that. No, everyone is playing that. You know, that would, that could come out of a fit, like a adult film. It could come out of right now. 
that's what's sort of scary about it. But it was done so well. And I think it's right that Barbara was not right that Barbara was in it, but you couldn't ha- you couldn't have Vicky in that situation. And I don't know, I just felt it it's a Barbara moment that fits her and her character. And she plays that so like it's played so well. And it's her coping again. She doesn't have any and okay, she gets captured, but after she's captured, there are no weak Barbara moments in this. She's playing up and pretending to get through. I know she's captured and put into a harem and stuff, but she is fighting the whole way. And and again, at the end of the episode where she's captured and he says, um, death is waiting for you or something, but that's not the only pain and stuff. And he's got that, you know, whip thing. That is worse than Cabin Guy and Keys of Marinus. Oh, no, Cabin Guy was worse than that. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I mean, I just found him a, a, a cheesy line, but I knew she'd get out of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, what do you think of her in the harem thing at the, with those women at the end? The harem thing was weird because it was the telly snaps as well and the way it's done with the music. You weren't sure if they were like some sort of other conspiracy going on that because like, it'd snap on like them looking at each other like dodgily with some like really like da-da sort of music. <laughs> and you knew, you, were, you knew she was going to get out. Um, you knew she wasn't going to be there long and stuff. But again, I found that all wrapped up so quickly. You've got all that tension throughout going, being chased and all the danger and everything. And then suddenly, oh, someone's there. They've been stabbed. He's been defeated. Ella Kia has been killed. Ian's there, got her. Off she goes, done. Uh, and you you feel a bit sort of shortchanged that actually you've gone through this whole journey and that's it. Like and again, she didn't affect that story or anything. It just happened around them, and she's like, "Right, I'm going now." That's it. No, I agree. I think um, this actually is one where I think it could have been five. That last episode, just so much was wrapped up quickly. Even like you say, even like with the doctor, like he's talking with the king, and then suddenly he's like, "Right, we're gonna get out." And even like when Ian comes back. Uh, the whole thing, it just suddenly was done like that. I would have liked a little bit more confrontation with Ian when he gets to Barbara. Yeah, that's the thing, because it was that other guy that stabbed um, Alakia rather than Ian, I think. I, I don't know. Is it, there's a lot of sort of action in those telesnaps that you're sort of not always... It was a bit of a sort of scuffle, and you're like, hang on, what's just happened there? And someone's been stabbed. Maybe it explains it more in the when you actually watch it, when that guy in those basements watching it, maybe he knows. Yeah. But I, I think you're right about that nobody really comes off. They have their moment. Like Barbara and Ian do their usual amazing stuff, but it's not really anyone's story. It's not like it really, it's not really Barbara's story. Barbara drifts. Barbara basically just drifts. She gets kidnapped and she just drifts through this story and ends up just being taken into different parts of it. But she's not, you know, she's there with the king and then she gets kidnapped and she thinks she's going to be part of like that harem and she escapes and ends up being taken in by that father, which is why she ends up in the thing with that girl. You know, she doesn't save that girl's life. You know, she leaves the girl there. She doesn't impact or change anything. What did you think of the sort of guest cast and characters for this one? Would anyone stand out? particularly for you? Uh, the sister. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, just because of that speech that 
the argument, yeah. I thought they were good. Yeah, I thought the King was good. I thought it was... Um, I mean, I feel like he's going to end up in our sort of Doskas. So you've got Saladin and the and the and Ikea. It's mainly Saladin, isn't it? That they've... It's obviously the 60s and they have employed sort of white actors and made them up. Yeah. Obviously wouldn't do that nowadays. You can't get around it. It's just what they've done. Yeah. And there's sort of like fan talk. I mean, there's a, there's another story called The Talons of Wang Chiang, which is like in the 70s. And that one, it's supposed to be Chinese characters and they have made the guys up and done like eye prosthetics and stuff. And that was like 1974, 75. And there's always a lot of chat about that. You have to look at it in the context. And actually it's archive television and that's what they've done. And there is talk again about... Uh, hasn't been animated and come out and people are like well they could just animate the two episodes and it's the easiest probably one to do and some people are like well they wouldn't want to release it because the BBC are a bit funny about releasing that now I don't think that's the point because well one it's on Britbox for for example but I, there's talk that maybe they haven't done that because of that but yeah I mean you I didn't say anything you noticed it yeah yeah I think it's one of those things. I I agree with you. I think it's one of those things that it happened and all we can say now is that it shouldn't have happened and make sure that moving forward it doesn't happen. I think everyone acknowledges that would not happen now. So you can only look at moving forward. It was funny, actually, these characters, you had a lot of villains in it in a way because you did have sort of Saladin who, who was there and he had a few scenes and didn't really do much. Then there was his brother who was there and didn't really do much. And then you had Eli Kia, who was the sort of other villain as well. It's weird that there were so many. But the first brother, I don't think, was really a villain. Like, I think he, well, he was because, like, obviously they're fighting him, but he didn't come across as the villain as such. He was more like, like, they were battling each other. Um, Lionheart and you know the other king they're fighting each other but he even acknowledges like no he's only offering me this because he wants peace but fine I'll accept but I'll be prepared in case there's not there's the other side of it as well which is about it, there's a culture side there as well because he sort of acknowledges his own culture in that which kind of comes back to what we were just saying about the whole makeup it, it, it was a whole different time and a culture and things I don't know I didn't see him as a bad guy not the main brother, but the other two, like the other one, yes. Um, and then obviously below that, yes. But I just saw him as like in charge of his country. And there was that tailor. Yes. He reminded me of the jailer in Reign of Terror. He's sort of that kind of. Yes. Yes. We said that scene was so much like the tailor scene in the Reign of Terror. But yes, completely. It was the jailer. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't so, he was a bit comedy, but he wasn't so comedy. He wasn't like sending it up. He was just being that sort of character. It was, yeah. It felt like a sort of mashup of Reign of Terror and Marco Polo with a bit of uh, Romans in there as well. It was all sort of, and but the um, the other, the main guy, the Elakir guy, reminded me of the bad guy in Marco Polo a little bit. He was sort of that sort of in the shed, sort of doing stuff on the side. And- There's so much of Marco Polo that I just don't, remember or think about because <laughs> I just didn't take it in. Maybe that's what it needed. Maybe Vicky needed a Ping Cho in this. Maybe Vicky needed like a, 
the girl. I guess so. That's what the sister was supposed to be because she was supposed to take her under her wing. You were going to be with me. So she was with her. They would have had that. But she said that and then she wasn't. She was like, oh, yeah, I'll look after you. And then she was just with the doctor the rest of the time. There wasn't any. No, exactly. But, I mean, overall, though, it's not a bad story. It's it's actually I rediscovered this and I think it's not one that people talk about very much, maybe because half of it's missing and it's not really. Um, but I would recommend this if you're a fan and you haven't really sort of got to grips with this one i would give it a go and watch the reconstructions because there's a lot to get out of it yeah i think if you want to like dip your toe into a missing episode this is a really good one to do i think out of all the missing episodes ones even with the animation i think this is the one i've enjoyed the most it's just a nice length you get the context there's there are characters but it's not so many that it was overwhelming which Reign of Terror, because Reign of Terror was animated as well, wasn't it, in places? Like, and I found I found that quite hard at points as well. So um, I think if you want, yeah, if you wanted to dip your toe into a, a missing, I think this is a really good one. Yeah, they're really good, yeah. Really pleased with that one. <laughs> well done. Bring it back. Bring back the missing ones. <laughs> um, so end of this episode... They get back in the TARDIS. Yeah. And everything sort of powers down and they freeze. Yeah. And then what did it say? The Space Museum is next. Oh, yeah. What does that sum up for you? (laughs) You're looking a little bit scared. So future sci-fi. Robots. Okay. And let's hope there's more for like Vicky to do. Yeah. And that would be good. Yeah, that's what we want to see. More more Vicky. She might be on holiday next week. You never know. Um, okay. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. I hope you give the crusade a try if you haven't. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram to watch who. And wherever you're listening, if you can give us a a subscription. <laughs> no. <laughs> subscribe. And make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening so you can keep up with the latest episodes. Uh, that would be very much appreciated. And we will see you next time for the Space Museum. <laughs> see you next time. I'm going to say it like that. You don't make it no. sound exciting at all. To watch who? Hey, Doctor Who, what are you talking about?